Here. Mr. Halgens? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. And Mr. Fraley? Here. Thank you, Lenny. Continue the agenda. We're going to uh, continue item number one from the continued agenda. That is Terrence Bay LLC for the following applications at 151 Riverview Avenue. A, it's a change of zoning from I-4 Waterfront Industrial District to conditional D-5 Fort Norfolk District. And B, it's a request for a downtown development certificate. That application will be continued to the February 25th, 2016 public hearing. We will then also continue regular item number three, which is the City Planning Commission for a text amendment to permit by special exception any one use listed in table 4-A or table 6-A of the zoning ordinance of the City of Norfolk 1992 is amended in a building which has been designated as a Norfolk Historic Landmark under Chapter 9 of the Zoning Ordinance, even when the use does not appear in the use table for the zoning district in which the building is located. The motion before you, therefore, is to continue the noted items to the hearing uh, dates called out. Um, Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. Thank you, Lenny. All right. That will bring us to starting the hearing for consideration with continued item number two, which is toast to amend a previously granted special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 2406 Colonial Avenue in Unit A. Matt. Sure. Yeah, this item is by Toast, an existing restaurant on the northeast corner of 24th Street and Colonial Avenue. And the application is to amend a few um, of the operations in their special exception. And uh, the request is to modify the hours from uh, 10 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, to 2 a.m., seven days a week. Um, and then to add uh, the same entertainment options, but to really change the um, the capacity with the outdoor layout, and this is the site plan, and in the um, in the corner of the site there'll be two industrial containers that are forming that L that you see uh, right here on the site, and um, some uh, some steps here to some uh, rooftop dining, and this is going to be converted to accommodate all of this. And then mainly some uh, floor plans that show some activity out here in this area right there. That's, um, that's primarily the additions to the site right there, and then also some changes to the uh, landscape plan and a uh, requirement for a new sidewalk along the West 24th Street right-of-way. Um, because they're adding outdoor entertainment to their application, uh, staff does have, as one of the conditions, um, what we generally call the sunset clause, which is, uh, I'll just read it off to you. It says, um, this special exception shall automatically expire 18 months after the effective date of this ordinance prior to the expiration date, but no sooner than 12 months from the effective date of this ordinance, the property owner or manager may begin the application process for a new special exception. And again, that's because in, um, in lots of other applications we've seen, uh, with outdoor entertainment, meaning that that's a new feature if there are any impact, impacts to the surrounding area, uh, the opportunity to um, take a look at that. There are going to be limited hours for that outdoor entertainment, and I'll, I'll give that to you. It's 12 noon 
to 10 p.m. Uh, Sunday through Thursday, and then until um, 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday. So the inside uh, entertainment can go on till they close at 2 a.m., but the outdoor entertainment would have to stop at that time. And, uh, and that's all I have for this application. The applicant has another application uh, that you'll see further in the agenda for the adjacent parcel, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Any questions from staff? Any questions of Matthew, commissioners? Any questions of Matthew, commissioners? Thank you, Matthew. Uh, here to speak in favor of this application is the applicant, Mr. John Porter. I'm here really to answer questions if you have any, but also to uh, express a little bit of concern over the sunset clause. Um, Mr. Um, Porter, excuse me. Yes. Could you give us your name and mail and address, please? Sure. My name is John Porter. Thank you. My address is 439 West 30th Street, Norfolk 23508. Go right ahead. Okay. So, uh, yeah, here to answer any questions and then to express a little concern over the sunset clause. Um, really as it pertains to everything that does not relate to um, the outdoor entertainment. So um, I certainly can understand from the community's perspective and any neighbors uh, a desire to potentially um, weigh in on some impacts that might have had the outdoor entertainment piece. But at the end of the day, everything is sort of back up for uh, uh, approval. And it's, it seems a little restrictive. So again, I'm... I'm um, not unwilling to to move forward with the sunset clause as it reads, but it is concerning to me. Thank you. So any questions of Mr. Porter, commissioners? John, I don't personally have any issue with that, uh, <clears throat> removing that sunset clause there. We've looked at that area. It's not right adjacent to anything residential. We've done it for another business that's moved in there. Um, I'm all for looking at ways to make it a little bit easier for you to do your job over there and bring you know some other great projects here. So. Personally, from my standpoint, I don't have a problem putting that motion forward if, 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 and see if there's any other opposition to it. Thank you, Mr. Porter. Okay. Thank you. Uh, also in favor of this application is the representative of the applicant, Robin Thomas. Good afternoon. Uh, Robin Thomas, uh, 913 West 21st Street, Norfolk. Uh, actually, just want to reiterate a little bit what John's just said, and you've already um, sort of looked at removing that provision from the um, uh, from his um, uh, agreement. But um, I guess I'd like to just, uh, relative to other projects as well, um, and I guess Adam, just to talk to you a little bit as to whether there's, um, you know, some other way to um, to take control of this potential noise issue. There's There's lots of ways already to take away people's special exceptions or ABC licenses. I just feel like, um, you know, when people are going to invest um, a lot of money in putting a project together to know that uh, in 18 months, you know, if things, um, if one part of something doesn't go well, which is, for example, the outdoor entertainment, that, you know, they could sort of be back to ground zero. And so I just, uh, I think people have asked you about this before, and I know it's all sort of locked together, but I'd just like to encourage, um, uh, you know, the, the community and the developers and you guys and the planning staff just to see how we can still have some controls, but um, it not be a deterrent to development, perhaps. So that's all. Anyway, thank you very much for uh, the deferment on the, this, uh, this project. 
Thank you, Robin. A couple other things with regard to this application that we need to make note of. Number one, uh, we do want to acknowledge uh, here in favor of this application is Murray Miller. Does not wish to speak. Uh, and we also have a letter of support from the Park Place Civic League with regard to this application and that there is no opposition for the commissioners to this application as well. Lenny. Um, I uh, will jump quickly to the conclusion that we're removing the sunset clause. Mm -hmm. If I see a nod of heads, that'll help me with that. Or no? I, I would like to go on record it, as I did last meeting is just, uh, you know, I don't have a problem w with removing the sunset clause, uh, but, but I do understand it's a pretty common practice that we've had here at city planning. Um, and I just want to make sure that we're consistent that, as we remove those clauses from certain applicants. All right. The uh, motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report and revised at the public hearing. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck with that. All right. We are now going to move to the continued item number three. The Mambo Room Latin Dance Studio for a special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 419 West 22nd Street. All right. Oh, okay. This is an application from the Mambo Room, and they're proposing to move from their existing location, which is in the Ghent Market Shop. You can sort of see in the, uh, in the um, right. north corner of their property right there and they're moving from that location that shopping center mm -hmm. to uh, the old Sentara physical therapy building beside the Dollar Tree and the application is for entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages and uh, here's the site plan um, not really a whole lot of, of changes here other than some landscaping in the small verge between the parking lot and the sidewalk and then some parking uh, bumpers or stoppers and then there is a um, a portion of the curb along 22nd Street that is, is crumbling and the cars are parking on the verge there and um, this is common with all of our special exceptions we try and get a few site improvements if it makes sense and in this case it is um, bringing more vehicles and more traffic to the to the site so one of the conditions is to uh, repair that side uh, that curb and um, I think I have a picture and it's right there so that's one of the conditions in there. Um, staff does recommend approval of this application, uh, and they do have off-lot parking uh, secured from that Ghent Market shops across the street, 21 extra spaces that they have in the, um, at that location. So that's also part of this. And um, I do also have in your packet a letter of support from the um, Ghent Neighborhood League for this project. Are there any questions? Thank you, Matthew. Any questions of Mr. Simons, commissioners? Thanks, Matt. Um, Chair would like to note that there's no opposition to this application, but we do want to acknowledge the applicant, Mr. Tracy Holland. I said, Mr. I'm sorry, Ms. Holland. Uh, if you'd like to speak, the podium is yours, Ms. Holland. Um. 
I just want to thank you for the opportunity to continue. Uh, give us your name and mail and address if oh, you would, sure. please. Um, Tracy Holland, 2200 Colonial Avenue, Norfolk, Virginia. Go right ahead. Um, I'm excited to, to move and offer more services. Um, I'm happy to have the approval from the Get Neighborhood League and from the GBA. Um, and we look forward to offering community-based services to the community other than dance. We're going to do some things in the community for children and things like that, too. So I um, guess that's it. <laughs> Any questions of Ms. Holland, commissioners? Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. And the chair notes that, once again, that there is no opposition to this application. Lenny? The uh, motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved. Subject conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halgens? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation, Council. Good luck. All right. We're going to move to the regular agenda now. We'll take up item number one, which is the City Planning Commission for amendments to Chapter 3, Goal 5, within Plan Norfolk 2030 to add and modify actions to support community-led redevelopment efforts in four emerging districts in the city, including the Ghent, I'm sorry, including the Chelsea Business District, the Downtown Arts District, Park Place, and Greater Norview Five Points. And the chair notes no opposition. Lenny? All right. <coughs> the motion before you is to recommend that the general plan amendment be approved. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halgens? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. All right. We're going to move to the next application on regular agenda number two, City Planning Commission, to modify Appendix B in the table of contents within Plan Norfolk 2030 to add the complete streets policy and to modify several actions in the transport <coughs> chapter pertaining to complete streets. Ms. Paula Shea. Thank you very much. Um, this is an amendment to Plan Norfolk 2030. We currently have an action in there that calls for uh, complete streets in the city of Norfolk. Um, we have now have a, a policy that, that provides additional guidance on what we mean by that and what we should do going forward. Uh, so basically, as we know, complete streets is a return to designing streets for all users. Uh, so before you, we are proposing a policy that truly embraces streets um, in a, a policy where Norfolk shall develop, operate, and maintain um, integrated and connected network of streets that are safe for all people and all, mo all modes. That's basically the gist of, of a complete streets policy. This would ap apply to all phases of design, planning, construction, and maintenance and operations of all transportation projects in the city of Norfolk. It would include new construction of streets and street segments, as well as reconstruction, and that would include resurfacing projects. We do have a provision for exceptions, um, but note that any exception to this policy would have to be documented, <coughs> signed off on by the Director of Planning and the Director of Public Works. Um, there are circumstances such as emergency repairs, um, a water main breaks, that it would not have to go to some kind of committee before we repair a water main, for example. Uh, we would adhere to accepted design guidelines as spelled out here, um, things like the, the NACTO bike and urban street design guides and, and other um, different guides that are available. Uh, 
and under implementation, how we'll implement it, um, some of the steps we need to take are incorporating complete street principles into all our plans, manuals, and checklists. Uh, we need to develop a, a street design guideline. Uh, we've directed Public Works to work on that. Um, develop and maintain an inventory of what our assets are so we know what we're talking about, how wide are our streets, how wide are our sidewalks, um, uh, where are our bike facilities, things like that. Um, but probably key to this is, is um, having a multidisciplinary design team that would be made up of different city departments to really move this policy forward. Um, where we would coordinate the implementations of this policy. Uh, in addition, we need to actively seek funds for implementing this and making any change, necessary changes in the right-of-way. Uh, staff needs to be trained in, in what we mean by complete streets and how we can implement it going forward. And uh, develop a process to in better involve or involve at all the private sector in implementing complete streets infrastructure. As in all our other um, policies and actions in the plan, there are a series of performance measures and reporting built into this policy that um, there would be an annual report. Oops. And that is uh, what I have. Any questions? <laughs> Thank you, Paula. We appreciate it. Any uh, questions of Ms. Shea, commissioners? I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, on topic but off topic, we're talking about moving people. And we're talking about how we do that through our streets and our right. sidewalks, et cetera. Um, and as we, as a policy, and this may be outside the purview, I think it is, but something to be considered, moving information and data. When we open our streets and we open our sidewalks, is there a policy in place that we're also putting conduit so that we'll have the fiber optic ring to make Norfolk an infrastructure for our future next generation companies? And this may not be the place to do this, but I think if we're thinking about how we're planning for the future, we should also be thinking about that mm. in somewhere. It's a good point. So. We, can, we can look at the plan as it pertains to it, see if we capture that, if we don't really find a way to add it in. And I know that there are other municipalities around the country that have uh, legislation when any road is opened that they're putting conduit in. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think we are moving people. We also need to be thinking about moving data. Uh, and the chair doesn't mean to open a Pandora's box, but whenever we talk about complete streets, I'm always struck by the eyesores posed by telegram and telegraph poles, which in and of themselves represent old technology. Uh, so if we're going to be looking at complete street opportunities, uh, anywhere we can, we should be trying to take the, make an effort to underground existing utilities to add uh, more to the aesthetic of the streetscape. But I don't know if that's germane to this topic, but Ms. McClellan just pulled my, lit my fire there, excuse me. Thank you. Yep. Mr. Chairman, I might suggest that there maybe half of the people in this room do not know what a telegram and a telegraph is. <laughs> I might be telling on myself just a tad. I got it. Yeah. Big wooden round things. <laughs> Thank you, George. I I'm sorry, Paula, but I just wanted to seize that opportunity. Any other comment, commissioners, questions? Thank you, Paula. Uh, the chair would also like to acknowledge that uh, on the regular agenda item number one, he failed to acknowledge Ms. Murray Miller as being a, uh, in favor of that, but did not wish to speak, and we didn't have any opposition. But the chair has finally caught up with himself, and Murray Miller did uh, want to also acknowledge that she's in favor of this particular application, but does not wish to speak. 
And I do want to acknowledge Mr. Gregory Reck. Did I get that correct? Correct. No W. Thank you, Mr. Reck. Sure, thank you. Uh, my name is uh, Gregory Reck. I live at 219 Granby Street here uh, downtown Norfolk. I'm in Unit 30, which is a condominium above the 219 restaurant. It's right across from the uh, federal building. I've been here about 10 years or so. Really enjoy living downtown. I joined the uh, Downtown Norfolk Council a number of years ago, and I'm currently serving on the board of the council. And I'm also chairing a committee that's known as the Complete Streets Committee. And so you can imagine the excitement when the, uh, the city finally comes forward with a Complete Streets policy, a draft of a policy. Uh, we got the policy, a copy, distributed to the board members uh, last month, uh, and again at their meeting yesterday, and also to my team. Uh, we've had discussions about this, and it resulted in a letter uh, that the board has uh, endorsed that's in front of you, I believe, uh, from the Downtown Norfolk Council that supports this policy. It supports the intent of the policy and uh, the general content of the policy as well. And uh, really the only, I think, significant concern or latent concern that we have is that all of the departments in the city really fully embrace the Complete Streets concept. Um, it's, it's a change in the way they ha they're going to have to think and how they review things, but, uh, but it's critical if this is really going to, to make a change in our environment that they're really going to have to buy into that and, and use the policy. And I think that, for example, this board or this commission can be a very important element in that and making sure that everything that you see come before you includes those elements where they're not excluded and where they're appropriate. Um, so that was the principal concern that we identified in the letter. I also attached to the back of it a number of more specific concerns that had to do with several items that were in the, uh, the content of the, uh, of the draft proposal. And the basis for those was really from the National Complete Streets Coalition, and I've been on their correspondence list for a number of years. It's an organization that has helped communities, and in fact over 700 communities across the U.S. implement and write and establish Complete Streets policies. And they've looked at and rated all of those policies and identified common elements in those policies, about 10 of them. And I use those, those 10 elements in, the, in their literature as a lens to look at the policy that had been drafted here. And those comments resulted from that. And it's really uh, all of the 10 elements are found in the policy in one form or another. And it's not critical exactly how they're formed. It's the, the shape of the policy really has to depend on the community. And in fact, this is written specifically for Norfolk. And it's not like any other. It's, it's written with our attributes and so forth. But um, along with those, those 10 items that I looked at, there were some things that I felt we could strengthen and would improve the policy. And they're relatively minor in most cases. Uh, I was able to give that list to, uh, to the planning department and Paula, and she's looked it over carefully. We've discussed it a bit, and I'm pleased to say that, uh, that I found out uh, this morning that uh, our letter, along with those comments, has been considered, and virtually all the comments have been incorporated into a revised version of the policy. And so we were very supportive of that revised version, very appreciative of the fact that the city is moving forward on this and uh, fully support and endorse the, uh, the proposed draft policy. Thank you, Mr. Peck. Uh, any questions or comment, commissioners, of Mr. Peck? Thank you, sir. I called you Mr. Peck. I meant Mr. Reck. Thank you. Excuse me. <laughs> and the chair will note that there is no opposition to this application. Mr. Newcomb? The uh, motion is to recommend that the general plan amendment, as revised, um, be approved. 
Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algens? Aye. Mr. Thomas? I just want to thank Mr. Reck for the significant amount of time he's put into this and in, in helping us form this policy. Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Looking forward to what evolves from this. Thank you. We now move to item number four from the regular agenda, DT Builders, LLC, for a change of zoning from R8 single-family district to conditional R9 single-family district at 1510 Collin Avenue. All right. This application is to uh, rezone the property to allow for resubdivision into two parcels and for the, adult, the development of an additional single-family home on the site. Um, the site is currently under development. It, it may be actually finished by now, but um, uh, under development with a single-family home on the site. And um, construction of the additional home after the rezoning and subdivision will bring the total number to two on the site. And the site's located in the Campostella um, neighborhood and on Colon Avenue between Wilson Road uh, to your west and then Campostella to the right uh, to the east and here's the zoning map of the site showing that uh, most of this block or this portion of the block is zoned R8 and the application is to go to R9 which would be 40 foot lots and 4,000 square feet um, instead of 50 foot lots and 5,000 square feet under the current zoning and the lot is uh, right now it's 87 and a half feet wide and the application would split it into two um, approximately 40 foot 44 foot wide uh, lots and when we get um, requests like this we look at a few things we look at the uh, future land use map in our general plan and see what that says and it calls this area single-family traditional which is in keeping with the R8 category and um, which is between lots between 50 to 70 feet wide in the single-family traditional district and then we do a lot pattern analysis where we actually look at the specific site in question and we um, we go a thousand feet do a radius and look at all the um, similar lots the single-family zoned uh, lots around the area and see what is the what's the character of that and when we do that um, within a thousand foot radius uh, the lots that are in character with the current zoning is 66% of those properties. And then when we um, narrow in on just that 1,000 feet on Colwyn Avenue, it's, it's 55% of the lots that are there are currently in character with the existing zoning. So that's what this is. And um, staff does recommend uh, denial of the request due to the lot pattern analysis, the numbers not being... Um, in favor with the R9 proposal and um, I'll go ahead and read off uh, one of the proffers that are in the rezoning package and I know that you've uh, been you've seen this proffer before with other rezonings but just for the benefit of those watching um, this is the proffer that basically states that the design of the proposed home um, not the one that's there now but for the proposed new home would come through the city's uh, design specialist to make sure it's in keeping with the character of the neighborhood. And it just says that no building permit shall be issued until a zoning certificate has been granted by the Department of City Planning, verifying that the proposed single-family dwellings to be built on the parcel are consistent with the prevailing pattern in the neighborhood with respect to footing, massing, scale, appearance, fenestration, roof lines, and other exterior elements. And then we have a few other conditions about the subdivision plat and the um, uh, stormwater being addressed. 
And um, I do also have in your packet, I think the last, the last page in there, is a letter of opposition from the uh, Campostella Civic League um, in your packet. I stand by for any questions. Thank you, Matthew. Any questions of Mr. Simons, commissioners? Thanks, Matt. All right. Uh, here to speak in favor of this application, LaShawn Robinson. Good afternoon. My name is LaShawn Robinson. Address 1617 Canoga Street, Norfolk. Um, I'm here to present the rezoning for 1510 Colon Avenue. Um, we actually did a rezoning at the beginning of Colon Avenue 1400. We had it rezoned, and um, I have the pictures to show what we're doing on Colon Avenue. I've built four houses there thus far, and uh, the site at 1510 is actually finished, and I have the photos to show what the house is going to look like next door that I'm proposing. And also, um, just want to bring to the board what we're doing here in Norfolk as far as giving high efficiencies, geothermal in the homes, affordable homes, um, 2,000 square foot, not homes that's on top of each other. Um, they actually did the same concept there, and, um, and I have the pictures to show, in Berkeley on South Main and um, Liberty Street. Same concept was broken down to accommodate the builder to build affordable homes. And I um, just would like to present mine to, to show the board exactly what I'm doing. Yes, sir. <clears throat> this is the lot. All right. And then this is the home next that to built. it. Yes, All right. sir. And the other homes that are on Colin as well that I've All right. And this is the same concept that was and um, on South Liberty, Maine or Liberty, South Liberty. Maine. Liberty. Liberty. Okay. Thank you. Any other comment that you have, Mr. Robinson? No, sir. Okay. Any questions of Mr. Robinson, commissioners? Yeah, I have a question. Mm -hmm. You said you've built four other homes on Colin? Um, there on Colin, yes, sir. Okay. And what are, are those? properties currently for sale or have they sold? Um, yes, sir. They actually um, all have sold and the 1500 is now on the contract. Okay. And what, what is basically, are they selling at market rate or what, what's the... Yes, sir. Actually, we're going under market rate. We're giving them affordable homes, 2200 square feet, right at the 200. At 200? Yes, sir. Okay. And um, I've actually built 12 homes there in the Campostella area on the non-conforming lots through the Norfolk um, housing Authority program haven't had any problems with the um, Civic League as far as with those homes, and those are narrow lots. Those are 25 and 30 foot lots. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. You've met with the Civic League, I assume. Yes, sir. Yeah. And anything come out of that on your end that um, you feel can be changed, or anything to alleviate any of their concerns? Um, actually, I was reading the letter from the Civic Lead, and she, they stated that they would love to work with me here in the future. Um, I haven't joined the Civic Lead, but I've been a part of the community for some years now. I've built all my homes there in the Campostella area where everyone's running away from. I've been attacking where it's low-income, poverty, drug. I've been there, 
investing all of my time the last three and a half years. All of my homes has been in Campostella. In Canoga, in Campostella? Yes, sir. You're not in the Civic League? No, sir. I That's haven't. Question. Yes, sir. Any other questions of Mr. Robinson, commissioners? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Here to speak against this application, Ms. Janice McKee. Good evening, um, Commission. Uh, my name is Janice McKee, and I'm currently the president of the Campostella Civic League. Um, I've been in the Campostella area. Best, Ms. McKee? Nine, I'm sorry, 903 Hatton Street. Campostella area 23523. Mm -hmm. And I've been in the, I was born in the Campostella <coughs> area, actually on Selden and, on Selden Avenue on the corner of Selden. And I um, now live on Hatton Street, back at the house where my mother was born in Campostella. Um, I left for 18 years, raised my children till the last of them were adults, and then I moved back to Campostella. So um, I, uh, I'm here because uh, the, the concern that the Civic League had was, yes, um, he has built homes, and he has built some affordable homes, but he, maybe he wasn't aware that the body didn't know who he was until I showed up. That, um, and there were questions being asked, but only one person spoke for the body and not the whole body. I'm a person who believes that when it's in the best interest of a community, you need to bring it to the body. And that was what I did um, by, the, by the request of someone else. And I um, had received a, um, a letter uh, from the commission sharing that he wanted to divide the lots. And I think that the appropriate protocol that took place during this particular situation, the house was built before we even ever came to even vote on it. When it, was, when it was brought to the attention of the body, because his other houses are beautiful, now, I'm not going to take that from him, but they're bigger. And that particular lot, there was a single family house standing there, and we would have loved a nice bigger house that was affordable, as opposed to chopping it up and making two. Because it was conducive to that beginning of that road that's coming down that he's actually building on. Um, also, we looked at, um, the other, and, and truly, we will embrace um, him building other houses, uh, depending upon whether or not he stays within the guidelines of the code. But to say every time I tear down one house, I'm going to put two houses, it's kind of tight in Campostella right now. We're getting ready to build an uh, apartment unit on Berkeley Avenue. Uh, Berkeley is getting ready to put two different sets of apartments that they're looking at. I know we're going to do the ribbon cutting tomorrow on a set. Uh, we are kind, We will be almost locked in. Uh, I'm, I, I, as, a, as a body, we enjoy looking at the new pretty houses. We really do. And yes, they are affordable, but there is a proper order for everything. The, his application was submitted in June, um, and one person spoke, but he had not been given the consent of the body to speak by himself. He never brought it to the body. That was Mr. Calloway, the prior president. When I received the memo and he had submitted and requested the request for the building, that fell in October. At that point, I was the president, and no one, um, I was, it was brought to my attention that that was happening. Um, we will truly embrace him. 
But I, I need him to understand that in, in doing so, there is a protocol that takes place. And um, we have spoke since then, and we, we have a standing, uh, we, the two of us have a, a good uh, understanding, but the body wasn't pleased with it. I didn't even vote. The body was not pleased, not me. Um, the, the, and I am the representative for that body. So that's why I'm here. Thank you, Ms. McKee. Any questions of Ms. McKee, commissioners? Comment? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Comment, commissioners? Mr. Newcomb. The uh, motion to recommend that the change of zoning to conditional zoning with the conditions as contained in the staff report be approved. Dr. Newman? No. Ms. McClellan? No. Ms. Austin? No. Mr. Halgens? Aye. Mr. Thomas? No. Mr. Fraley? No. Thank you. Uh, next item, Lenny. Next item is a request by John Rizzo for a change of zoning from R8 single-family district to conditional R9 single-family district at 1345 Melrose Parkway. All right. Um, this is a similar type of rezoning. It is a request to um, rezone from R8 to R9 to allow for an additional um, home to be built on the site that would not be otherwise allowed on the R8 zoning. And the site is located in the Larchmont uh, Edgewater neighborhood um, between Bluestone Avenue and Powhatan Avenue. And it's uh, about one block north of uh, Old Dominion University with 49th Street being right below this. And the um, this is the zoning map for the area showing the uh, Larchmont area as being an R8 uh, zoning district. <coughs> and um, again, the, the requirements there, R8 requires 50 feet of lot width and 5,000 square feet of lot area. And R9 requires 40 feet of lot width and 4,000 square feet of lot area. And again, <coughs> we look at the um, future land use map for the area. And this area is, is also single family traditional. Uh, which calls for lots between 50 to 70 feet wide and 4,000 to 7,500 square feet. And in looking at the lot pattern analysis, which is a thousand foot radius, um, the lots that are in character with the existing zoning about 82% within a thousand feet. And when we uh, look at just Melrose uh, Parkway, and that's between Bluestone and Powhatan, that total number is a 71% of those homes are within keeping with the existing R8 zoning, uh, meaning that they meet the zoning district that they're in. And um, I do, staff does also recommend uh, denial of this rezoning uh, because of the lot pattern analysis. And uh, I do have, uh, I did get a notification from the Civic League that um, they notified me that they do support uh, owner-occupied homes on the site. Thank you, Matthew. Mm -hmm. Any questions of Mr. Simons, commissioners? Thanks, Matt. Here to speak in favor of this application, Mr. John Rizzo. Need a moment to set up my easel. My name is John Rizzo. I reside at 6239 Palatine Avenue. I'm a resident of Edgewater, and I'm very familiar with Melrose Avenue and the dynamics of it. Uh, in terms of the presentation by Matthew, Plan 2030 identifies the site as single-family traditional. 
single-family detached development characterized by houses set back a moderate distance from the street with driveways leading to rear garages on lots of 50 to 70 feet wide and approximately 4,000 to 7,500 square feet. The two lots I'm trying to create are 4,604 and 4,456 respectively. So I disagree with the inconsistency. Further, there are 15 lots adjacent uh, to this particular property with frontages ranging from 25 feet to 47 and a half feet. So I'm not creating a precedent here. With the parking, um, I don't really have to abide by the institutional residential, residential impact overlay, but there will be parking spaces uh, provided so that there is a proper uh, maneuvering so one car does not have to move uh, away out of the way for another car. Um, the new houses will comply with all standards set forth in the zoning order ordinance. I've already selected two models and worked with uh, Mr. Ron Moore. No, go ahead. And I have an email from him. This is just how I envisioned this site when I visited two weeks ago. Great job. The impact on the surrounding area site, the majority of the homes are in keeping with one-story bungalow style and that the applicant proposes. So I'm proposing to meet that impact on surrounding area site. Uh, I have support from the Civic League. And I should go through a quick presentation here. This is the 1,000 foot radius. It comprises so many different uses and so many different uh, home types. This particular area here shows these lots ranging from 25 to 47. Excuse me, Mr. Rizzo, this is being taped and televised. We need you to use the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. Be as close to the microphone as possible. Okay. Move this closer. Thank you for reminding me. Again, these lots, um, 15 lots neighbor our site. Uh, none meet current R8 zoning requirements. Each is less than 50 feet wide. 12 are less than 4,000 square feet and do not even meet current R9 zoning requirements. 29% of the lots within 1,000 feet on Melrose Parkway do not meet current R8 zoning requirements. What we are proposing is consistent with the neighborhood's streetscape and character. This front yard setback of 13 feet, traditional architectural styles that were vetted by Ron Moore, front porches and off-street parking, all consistent with the neighborhood character. What we are proposing is also consistent with the city's early 20th century Norfolk neighborhood pattern book, which we follow, and the narrow house plans catalog. Um, R8 zoning, so what can be built there? Well, if you deduct the side yards, we could build an 80-foot wide home there, 25 foot back from the street, which would double the setback, which to me would wound the character of the neighborhood. Uh, three examples of R8 zoning exist on Melrose Parkway. To us, again, another wound. It just totally ruined the fabric of the neighborhood. This is the character of the neighborhood of Melrose adjacent to our property. It's the tree line straight, crepe myrtles. This is our site right here. These are the bungalows adjacent to our property. This is directly across from our property. Again, typical styles, 
This is our site plan. Common drive off Melrose in the back, two garages with additional parking for visitors. Well, no impact at Melrose Avenue or Parkway at all for any additional cars. We're not impacting transportation. These are the models that were vetted by Ron Moore, consistent with the neighborhood, the fabric of the neighborhood, the public face. Uh, this is pretty much the scale. There's plenty of room here to look through. Uh, the side yards at five feet, 30 foot wide models. They'll probably be uh, 2,800 square feet in the 350 price range. This is what happens in R8 zoning. Totally inconsistent with the fabric of the neighborhood. Look at the difference between this setback here and this here at 25 feet. Virginia Beach home, Virginia Beach home, Virginia Beach home. Look at the destructive character of this. One and a half story bungalow, two and a half story home with details that don't match the neighborhood at all. How much time do I have? Three minutes. Go right ahead, sir. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get the dreaded student rail issue out of the way. I had a revelation at the Civic League meeting. I went into a, um, a hotbed of opposition. And what I saw were, were owners railing against uh, the students, student population, while coterie of city and ODU officials rolled their eyes. Both sides uh, frustrated by lack of ideas. My connection with Melrose Avenue, I walk it every morning. I know it by heart. Uh, my friend, uh, Ash, my son has a friend on Melrose, play together, they've been playing together for eight years. I also have another friend on Melrose. So I'm very familiar with the street, and I'm very familiar with the problems, and I also offer a lot of solutions. Uh, as a cultural creative and architect, um, to improve Melrose, you would need to invest some money. If you truly want to calm that neighborhood, improve the lighting, increasing the lumens, add lampposts, Reduce the number of trees to increase sight lines and prune the remaining olive crepe myrtles, uh, maybe by 50%. City maintenance of common areas biweekly, a weekly recycling day. Pamphlets, neighborhood quality official develops deficiency lists and enforces them. Contact owners of tired properties. Offer low interest improvement loans or grants to underwater or elderly property owners buy underwater properties as HELOCs reset, institute a pride of ownership campaign, instruction pamphlets to student renters on maintaining a property, clearly identified parking space markings to reduce the parking. And most of the parking is, is actually commuters on that street. Better themed signage. Purchase a home for a police officer and make night walks mandatory. Notify every owner, renter after or park a police car on the street, repair, repair and replace damaged sidewalks, allow new housing that conforms to the neighborhood's character, hire a talented landscape firm, add speed bumps, benches, examine each application for appropriateness and civic league support, identify non-ownership properties and start a dialogue, enforce current or establish clear neighborhood quality guidelines, adding new ones to achieve the desired vision. 
you have to spend money to create a neighborhood that you want to see. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Uh, any questions of Mr. Rizzo, commissioners? I just have one question for you, Mr. Rizzo. You mentioned the issue of the student housing there, and you say you're dedicated to single-family ownership there. I mean, you say you're familiar with this area. It is your perception, as it is mine, that that street is, um, you know, couches on the front lawn, cars parked on the lawns. <clears throat> you know, it has a fraternity row-type look when you drive down at overpopulated houses. You know, is that something that you feel confident that you're going to get a single family to, to move in there, or is this going to be something that's going to fall into the rental pool and be more of a problem that we're trying to fix? You've got great ideas yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I applaud you for that. Thank you. I do not think in this price range that a student rental would even work financially. Because of the cost, the city has a land assessed value of that lot, 220000 a single family dwelling on that would be close to 600000 There's no family that would move there. Working with Nancy Chandler Associates now, we feel that if we create a, uh, a, a model just like that, I think that would attract families because there are families that live on that street. I know them. I know them. And I think that would be in a perfect price range for a professor, uh, some, the faculty, someone that works in the... Uh, facilities management to buy there because it is close proximity. So. Mr. Rizzo, you uh, presented to the Civic League. What was the, uh, what was the reception of the Civic League? Were they in support? The Civic League was in support. There was only one person that dissented, and I gave her my card. Uh, she did not contact me. Uh, she's out of the 300-foot radius. She does have a home on a single lot with a side lot. Um, obviously a wonderful person. She asked why I couldn't. I gave her the economic reason of it, and uh, she dissented, but we received unanimous approval. The other one was on 49th Street at the water, and it was a completely different issue. You, how long has that lot been? Um, it's empty currently. 366 days today. There hasn't been a single offer on that lot. It's nothing but a mud pit, and no one, I mean, there hasn't been a single offer. Not a single offer. Was there a property on it previously? There was a property. It was dilapidated. It was raised. How long ago? Eight months ago. Eight months ago, yeah. The prior property on there, the prior improvement on the property, I should say, how was it used? Was this occupied as a, a single-family residence, or was that rental property as well for college students? I'm not sure. Okay, just single, curious. Single-family dwelling, yeah. Single-family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other questions, commissioners? I do. Uh, right, right here. It, it looks from your renderings that the entirety of the backyard of both those properties is paved over with more than enough parking for what a normal single-family house would require. Okay, so which, I'm glad you asked that question. Let me pull that back up. That, in just, that appears indicative of student housing. Well, what happens is to meet that uh, driveway requirement, you would have to uh, not enable any visitor to come. And I don't mind that because when I was markering that, every little stroke was $7.50. In Matthew's report, I don't have to comply with that. This was done prior. So it could easily, I could, and I would like to do that, obviously. I would even proffer that. It's just take that and make a key there so these, each side can back up. Anybody familiar with the oceanfront? This is the standard paradigm at the oceanfront. Two parking spaces in the front for each side, driveway back to garages. 
So to get back to answer your question, I would do a small key there so they can back up and go. But I wouldn't be able to meet the requirement of somebody visiting and parking in the driveway and blocking this individual. That's all. But that, did I answer your question? I think so. Can, can staff comment on that? Is it are those? What he's saying to you parking lot is that he's required. he's in order to build the size house that he wants to build on this lot. He's chosen to do a common driveway. Correct. The common driveway allows you to get to the back of the property using one driveway centered between the two houses. When you're back there, you have to have ability to turn around and come back out. And the fact that you've chosen the single driveway, unlike the typical single family home with its own driveway, where one member of the household might park on the driveway and the other behind it, here, you have two different families sharing the same driveway, so the driveway is not available for anyone to leave their car on it. And that's what I was hearing him say. Correct, and it also meets the requirement of your plan Norfolk 2030. Single family detached development characterized by houses set back a moderate distance from the street. This matches everything around me, almost all the way down to you get to R8, those hideous properties. Uh, with driveways leading to rear garages, this is a this is throughout my neighborhood in Ghent, a common yes uh, yeah. shared driveway with garages in the back. I mean, this is this is something that we see throughout um, my neighborhood of Ghent. So I'm not unfamiliar with that. Um, I think what I'm hearing Mr. Thomas say is concerns that having so much parking would potentially make it more desirable for a rental property. Um, and if we I don't think that's your intention, Mr. Not at all. From what I've heard. Correct. Um, and if there were a way to perhaps provide more backyard and less parking back there, I guess my question is, is that possible? Sure. I wasn't sure if that was, is, we, we could do that or not based on what they answer. Not clear to me either, so I was looking to staff for some uh -huh. guidance. Well, if, if I think his, rec his proposition, if I, again, and you, you need to clarify it. Okay was to remove um, at least one of the spaces behind each house. Correct. I would rather do that. You see where the two sits Correct. on the drawing? Mm -hmm. He is showing a garage, which is essentially wide enough for it's a 20-foot mouth on that garage, probably an 18-foot mm -hmm. garage 16. door. 16. Mm -hmm. So you can get at least one car in there easily. Um, and he's provided two additional spaces on each lot. He's proposing to remove one of those spaces on each lot. Correct. I would remove these two, or, or if you would satisfy with one, that's fine. All I'm concerned about is, and if you can imagine this paradigm, uh, your neighbor has their car out washing it, and, and you're trying to get out at the same time. This is a typical problem at the oceanfront, and I've done uh, probably 75 to 80 duplexes there. So that's a very, it's a big problem. Because we can't really park here to match the fabric of the neighborhood, and front-facing garage is not appropriate for this neighborhood, we have them in the back. If this person has a visitor that comes and parks in the driveway, and you're trying to get out, that's, that's where the problem occurs. If that's an issue uh, for approval, I would eliminate these two areas, and they could have a backyard. I have no problem with that at all. This is what I thought was required of me. This report contradicted it. I did not have time to correct it. 
each uh, a question each house requires two parking spots that's as I'm asking that yeah true okay. yeah. Yes. could that be satisfied by putting both parking spots in front of the garage door or is that not large enough you can put one legally in the garage and one out of the garage right. I believe is right. the way the ordinance reads and that would require if this car were here this car would have to have a key so I have to keep something back here so they can back out mm -hmm. and go stretch rather than back all the way out of the drive onto Melrose which during the day would be very difficult considering commuter traffic. Mr. Houchins, you had a question? No. Oh, I thought you had your hand up. I'm sorry. Any other comment? Question? How wide is your driveway leading from the street? Ten feet. Ten feet. That gives us uh, 20 feet between, which is very nice. Mm -hmm. So you have a sight line all the way back. Uh, living areas in the front, front porches. And models consistent with the neighborhood. Already vetted by Ron Moore. What what portions of that has Ron reviewed? Is it just that, that picture? Is it the, the materials or what? It's the uh, elevation selections from this book, which gives you nothing more than an elevation. And then in order to get a, uh, it's a, it's a certificate, correct? then I would have to produce drawings for both homes showing all four sides following the criteria and the guidelines set up by this particular narrow house plans catalog. So I forgot my glasses. So what siding or what, what, what type of materials is that? I just can't see them. Well, right. It, it could, asphalt shingles, typical for the street, mm. a hardy cementitious board siding. Uh, it has to be four-inch trim around the windows, uh, six-inch trim around the doors, authentic columns, brick. Um, That's a porch on front of both houses? Correct, porch okay. on front of both houses. That's exactly right. Um, this is going to be, and, and you know what? Everything that we do, we've been in business for 23 years. We have 350 projects that we've done. <coughs> we beautify every neighborhood. This is a good, it's nice to drop a nice pretty bomb in a neighborhood. So everyone is uh, humbled and it forces them to start cleaning up their own properties. And, and these suggestions here, it would be wonderful to follow. That neighborhood would change. Mr. Rizzo, uh, how many bedrooms does each one of those units have? This would be four bedrooms. Could anybody, three to four, I'm not really sure yet. Three to four bedrooms, depending on the market analysis. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. And I believe we may keep that one ourselves. Any other questions of Mr. Rizzo? Comment? Did you say you may keep that one yourself? Maybe, yeah. To live in personally? Yeah, when the kid's here, another three years, yeah. Retain it. Thank you, Mr. Rizzo. You're welcome. Any comment, commissioners? Mr. Newcomb. All right. Chair, if I may, I, I don't know if we're, there are three proffers. Um, I don't know if we're including a fourth proffer based on the representation today regarding um, the elimination of pavement in the back that may not be necessary for parking. Um, and retaining only what's necessary for the backing out right. key shape. Is that yes. what you'd like? Yes, I'm fine with that. Yeah, now actually it would enhance livability. Like I said, I thought that was a requirement, but single families are not. And one of the proffers continues to be that you'll review the design with Ron Moore, the final design with Ron Moore. Absolutely, yeah, that's actually in the... That is a, that's one of them, those that's existing now. 
the trees planted, et cetera. And if it's, it wouldn't really be a fourth proffer. It, it really falls into the third proffer about stormwater management mm -hmm. to reduce the amount of impervious okay. surface on the property. First one mentions a conceptual site plan specifically right. dated right. and prepared. So. Mm -hmm. Um, it also may require an adjustment to that just to show well, we'll, the exact dimensions yeah. of your back out space. What we'll ask you to do, uh, should this be approved, or actually should it not be, uh, either way, please revise your site plan okay. and get us a copy before we transmit this to council for their consideration because we are essentially going to still cite it, but it's now going to be different. Understood. All right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Mr. Newcomb. The uh, motions to recommend that the conditional change of zoning be approved subject to conditions in the staff report and as revised at the hearing. Dr. Newman. Well, Mr. Rizzo, I, I'll be honest, I, I came into this after being on that street, uh, seeing that area, understanding a lot of the issues that are going on in the ODU uh, environment over there. Um, was not excited about adding rental properties over there. And I'm going to take you at your word that these are, are not going to be. Um, but I, I mean, I came, I really wasn't, wasn't prepared um, okay. to, to support this. But I will tell you, I think that you have some, some very nice drawings. I think by reducing the parking out back makes me feel a little more comfortable that Good. we're not going to park Good. more cars in that back area. Uh, really, there's a lot of work that needs to be done over in that community. You came in with some pretty well thought out ideas, I, I thought, all things that I think yeah. need to be addressed. Uh, so you're working towards a solution. Um, you know, you've been in this area, you've done a lot of projects. So I'm, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to keep a close eye on those projects over there. It's a, such a great area. I want to see that uh, the ODU campus expand. I want to see it become more of a safe environment. We're working you know, judiciously on all those things. Okay. Really hope you're going to be part of the solution um, over there and not a bigger part of the problem actually there. I understood. So, you know, with that, I'm going to offer my support um, on that and we'll keep a close eye on it. And Thank you. For your efforts. Thank you. Ms. McQuillan. Uh, I'm going to vote yes and just thank you for the thoroughness of the presentation. Um, I understand, I know that you live in the area. You you are part of that neighborhood fabric, and uh, you want that neighborhood to improve. Um, and I appreciate that, and we all do. Um, and so I vote um, enthusiastically yes. Ms. Austin. Um, I'm going to vote yes, given the presentation here today. Mr. Halchins. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to vote vote yes as well. I, I think you did an excellent presentation. My, my only wish is that everyone who ca came um, in front of our, our commission was as prepared as you were today. Thank you. I vote yes. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? I, I came here like Dr. Newman with some trepidation about the environment that we see over at ODU today. We certainly did not have any intent going forward, at least I didn't, of wanting to add to that. As my commission, fellow commissioners have indicated, you've done a fantastic job with the presentation. I like the idea you're working with our design center and Mr. Ron Moore. We have extreme confidence in his judgment and ability. Um, I'm going to go against my better judgment in this case and follow the judgment here of my commissioners. I think the wisdom of affording you this opportunity may be well worth it. I'm looking forward and hoping that that turns out to be the case. I vote aye. Thank you. 
We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. Next application is work program architects for a special exception for the resumption of a non-conforming use at 517 Warren Crescent and 533 Mill Street in accordance with the provisions okay. of section 12-9A subsection 1 of the zoning ordinance of the city of Norfolk 1992 as amended. Thank you, Lenny. And I do want to acknowledge uh, here in favor of this application does not wish to speak. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Do want to acknowledge here in favor of this application does not wish to speak, Ms. Karen Raines. Raines. Thank you, Ms. Raines. Uh, also, here's the applicant, uh, Peter Johnston. Thank you. Uh, but here to speak in favor of this application is Kristen Abney. And we appreciate you. <laughs> Mission is there is no opposition. Mr. Newcomb. The uh, motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman. Aye. Ms. McQuillan. Again, enthusiastically, yes. Ms. Austin. Yes. Mr. Halchins. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Mr. Fraley. Aye. We'll make that recommendation, Council. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Next application is number seven. JM&M Automotive for a special exception. Operate an automobile and truck repair facility at 5633 East Virginia Beach Boulevard. Uh, here in favor of this application, uh, Joshua Stokes. And also the uh, applicant, Mr. Michael Benin Sr., or is that Junior? It's uh, Bonin Jr., sir. I, I can't read. Forgive me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bonin. I do acknowledge, commissioners, that there is no opposition to this application. The uh, motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. All right. We're now going to move to item number eight, Jesse's Taco Bistro, for a special exception, <coughs> to operate an eating and drinking establishment at 328 West 20th Street. And we note that there is no opposition to the application. The uh, motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the uh, conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Make that recommendation to council. Good luck. We now move to number nine. This is the Pancake House and Grill for a special exception. Operating an eating and drinking establishment at 7633 Granby Street. And no opposition exists for this application either. All right. The uh, motion before you is to recommend the special exception be approved. Subject conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Fraley? Aye. All right. Now item number 10 is Grace O'Mallory's Irish Pub and Restaurant 
for a special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 207 Granby Street, Suites 211 and 213. Thank you, Lenny. Uh, here in favor of this application and to ask the questions, Mr. Rick Hen and Mr. Matt Maron. Martin Marin. Martin Marin, excuse me, sir. Thank you. And uh, there is no opposition. The uh, motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algins? Yes. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck. Make that recommendation to count. Thank you. Item number 11 is the is a Starving Artist Cafe for a special exception. Operated entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 4408 Collie Avenue. Thank you, Lenny. The chair does wish to acknowledge that here in favor of this application is Kim Keene, and there is no opposition. All right. The uh, motion before you is to recommend approval of special exception subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. Item number 12, John Porter, for a special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 428 West 24th Street and 430 West 24th Street, Suite A. Thank you, Lenny. Here uh, in favor of this application is the applicant, John Porter, who we heard from earlier. There is no opposition. And we do want to acknowledge that letter of support from the Park, Fla the Park Place Civic League in support of this application. All right. The motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck with that. We'll make that recommendation to council. Application number 13 is the Mermaid Winery for a special exception, uh, following special exceptions, at 330 through 404 West 22nd Street, Suites 104 through 106. A, the expansion of a previously granted special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages, and B, the expansion of a previously granted special exception for the sale of alcoholic beverages for off-premises consumption. Thank you, Lenny. Uh, there is no opposition to this application either. I do want to acknowledge the applicant, Jennifer Eichert, is here. Thank you, Ms. Eichert, for being here. And again, Lenny, no opposition. All right. The uh, motions are recommended that the special exceptions be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Helgens? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. That concludes our public hearing for today. Thank you very much for your attention.